Okay, uh, approaching Shiv'i Shil Pesach, the last days of Pesach, of course it's a time to reflect and to understand Kiryat uh, Yamsuf and to understand perhaps some of the messages that lie in Shirat Hayam, the song which Am Yisrael spontaneously sang as they crossed Yamsuf. So I'm going to begin the class with the Gemara at the end of, well, one of the Pirakim that we didn't finish when we were learning Masechet Sanhedrin. And uh, the Gemara there is in the context of talking about Adam Harishon, and in turn, a few lines at the top of Daflamat Chet Amudbet, in which it describes the uh, determination, as it were, Kivyachol of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to create humanity. And of course, uh, many of us, I imagine, are familiar with the words of Rashi. The Pasuk says in Bereshit, Na'aseh, the word is Na'aseh, shall we or we shall create Adam b'salmenu kidmutenu. Of course, that royal we, salmenu uh, kidmutenu, our complexion, and Na'aseh sounds like it's in plural as well, at least in the most simple interpretation of the text. Rashi suggests over there in his commentary to the Torah, really basing himself on this Gemara and several other Midrashim, that God Kivyachol is turning to consult with the angels. What does it mean that God consults with the angels? Not to be taken in a literal sense, God doesn't need to consult with anyone. Let's still teach lessons, it's really what the Midrash says explicitly, not this one that we're going to learn, that uh, teaches lessons in terms of humility, in terms of being humble and taking advice from others morning rich and uh, as a result this gemara gives a little bit of those details in the eyes of the rabbis which hopefully we'll take off from and understand its broader and uh, further reaching context in Shirataya. So as the Gemara, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu determined or wished and willed to create a humanity, human being, he uh, initially created one kat. A kat is a group, a legion of Malachi Hasharet of those ministering angels. Amar lahem, he turns and he says, again, Kivyachol, Resonechem Naase Adam Besalmenu. Those are the words in the Torah. Again, Naase, that's what they're really picking up on, that plural. So God is turning to the angels and says, What do you think? Is it your will that we create a human being or create human beings? Amru lefanav ribono shelonam, they respond, as it were, to God. What will he do? Tell us about human beings. He describes, again, mysterious, doesn't tell us what he, in the eyes of the rabbis, describes. He says, this is how he's going to act. The angels, after hearing, and you have to imagine, quote, unquote, not such great things. We have ramine uh, urav inclinations. We have evil from our youth, the Torah says, inclinations. Say uh, say the uh, ministering angels, the malachi asharet tegad, ribono shel olam. Citing a pasuk from Tehillim, Why would you think? Why would you have on mind? What's your will in creating human, human beings? God puts his small finger in between these angels and destroys them. He burns them. He doesn't like their response. You're scoffing at my thought and my decision. Off with your heads or bodies or being. So to it happen a second time. Okay, there's a symbolism in the three over here. Now we want to address. Finally, the third group of Malachi uh, Hasharet, whom God turns to and asks the same question, seemingly goes through the same type of uh, back and forth dialogue. They say to God, we're four lines down here. Well, we see the first two groups. 
who spoke up to you, what did it help? I mean, you destroyed them. You're God. You're going to do what you need to do. Well, the entire world is yours. We learned that lesson. You're not really turning to us for advice. You're learning for us to bow our heads and to admit to you. I mean, that's uh, so, so it is. As the Gemara, however, as humanity evolved or devolved and we came to the generation of Dor Enosh. Dor Enosh is the generation which brings forth the Mabul. Dor HaPalaga is after the Mabul. Bereshit Perek Yod Aleph, that's the uh, Migdal Bavel. This is the sinners of humanity. This is the worst times in the uh, in the words of the Torah of human beings. Okay, so now we have again, uh, very briefly, what just took place over here. God in his way, it says the Gemara told the angels, I'm going to do what I need to do. And he's creating human beings. The angels, ultimately speaking, are bowing their head and allowing for it to go. Ultimately speaking, says the Gemara, there's now embarrassment to God because human beings are decrepit. They're evil. They're not shaping up to, quote-unquote, what they could have. Mikulkalin, those generations who have uh, terrible actions. Amru Fanav, now the angels, the audacity to speak up in front of God, again in the Midrash. Weren't the initial two groups whom you burnt? Uh, weren't they right? Didn't they say well? Amar lahen, citing a pasuk from Yeshaya, God responds, Ve'adzikna anihu, ve'adzevani esbol ve'gomer, I'm going to be here for the lo- in the long run. I'm here for the uh, stretch of uh, existence. I will bear the burden of their sins. I will, quote-unquote, be afflicted and uh, tortured by the wrongdoings of humanity. The Gemara does not leave us, this Midrash, with a very positive feeling in our minds and souls as to our existence. I mean, ultimately speaking, God says, listen, I'll deal with their nonsense. Uh, something down the line, mind change, doesn't even say that. I mean, quote-unquote, he's almost expecting us to go wrong, and in turn, it makes us soul-search and say, so really, what are we doing here? Is this a better? And there is a Gemara in Masechet Eruvin that has a statement that it would have been better had we not been created. I mean, really so? Is there no silver lining to humanity in this conversation, as it were, this dialogue between God and the angels? So interestingly, there's a postscript to this Midrash. If you look in Talmud, this is the only Midrash. The postscript is uh, this uh, Tosefta in source number two. It's the follow-up. Tosefta tells the following story as Kiryat Yamsuf is taking place, as God is splitting the sea, as the uh, as Am Yisrael, good morning, Charles. As Am Yisrael are walking through the Otasha, says Tosefta and Masechet Sota. Tosefta is a collection of Beraitot. It's what was left out of the Mishnah, but it goes all the way back to the time of the Mishnah. Uh, so at that time, as they're walking through, as they're singing Shirat Hayam, as the context of this Midrash, the Malachi Hasharet, who had been the Kategor, the prosecutors of humanity's in, uh, creation, are now watching what's taking place. Several Pesukim that describe their claims initially. We know one of them. Those first two groups, even the third, who then had problems, exactly, so yeah, to right, speak, right. because the first two groups, according to our Midrash, are gone. But right? Anyway, the third line over here in the middle, it says, At that time, God turns to the angels and says, Look at the song that my children are singing in front of me. 
Fascinatingly, this Midrash ties the loose end of the first Gemara in Masechet Sanhedrin, whereas the first story ends off with that sad, sobering low point of, well, human beings are rotten. There's no, there's no sense in actually hoping that something will happen. God will be here forever, so he'll bear the burden, he'll suffer, he'll be tortured until the end when he determines whatever this Midrash finishes it and says, God has the silver lining, he has the light. At the end of the tunnel, he points to Shirat Hayam. Fascinating thing. It's Shirat Hayam. That is the paradigm, or that's the apex, rather. That's the highest point that human beings can get to, at which point, in the eyes of the rabbis, God, Kiv Yachol, says, you see, I told you it was worth it. What's it about Shirat Hayam? There's another Midrash, and we'll finish with our Midrashim on this one, that fills it in a little bit more. Same line of thought. Amarav Yehuda, Marav, source number three. It Shemot Rabbah, Marau Yisrael, Omar Shira, Be'az. Why was it that? And again, this is a derashah of the rabbis. Why do we start Shirat Ayam with the word Az, Az Yashir Yisrael? No, we didn't start it, but the Torah does. Says the Midrash, that word as, and then, is linking us to another famous and then in the Torah. What's the other and then? The other and then is as hu hal likro b'shem Adonai. That's a pasuk by Enosh. That's a pasuk by the generation uh, which which went down. The generation that we described. It's a Dor Enosh and Dor Palaga. That's Dor Mabul. So the same as of of, dis- of descent, of going down, here is the as of ascension, of going up, so to speak, the two sides of the coin. We had an as in the past where human beings went down and acted wrongfully, and now we have an as where, again, directly, diametrically opposed, the as of where we fixed it all up, where we're going up. It's a, so to speak, a gezerashav of the rabbis. They're connecting the two. It's not a full-fledged. They're trying to draw a connection. What's the connection between the two? Says the Midrash onwards, says the Midrash. It goes like this. God turns the angels. And he says to them, you want to understand what happened over here? I think he turns to the angels, uh, does he? Maybe he doesn't turn to the angels over here. Maybe he's just talking. Okay, he's just talking in this Midrash. He says, you see what happened? Dor Enosh, they angered me. They brought existence to the lowest of the low that I had to fill the land with water. That was the circumstance and state of being of them. These people, these B'nai Israel, Hayam Na'asalahen Leyabasha. They're now thankful for the fact, they're now realizing that the oceans, that which I covered the world with, is now a dry land. Uh, that's the Midrash. Well, that's an interesting description. That's what Shirat Hayam was all about. Shirat Hayam was about the fact that it was dry land. Yes, it was being saved. But so to speak, a contrast. It's the last details in developing what's going on over here. For me, it's the contrast between the wetness of the sea and the dry land of Am Yisrael walking through. We flipped everything on its head during the time of the deluge of the Mabul. So everything's watery as a punishment. And here, so to speak, they're realizing and appreciating the dry land that they're walking on. So I, I really just want to, for a moment or two, develop with you a thought on as to what Shirat Hayam really represents, in the eyes of the rabbis at least, with regards to, so to speak, how this is the point of humanity. This was the point at which God points and says, you see, they pulled this off. You see, they understand it. So certainly Shirat Hayam has in it 
It's the highest level of national prophecy, greater in the eyes of many than even Ma'amad Har Sinai. It's the words of the Mechilta that the maidservants, so to speak, were seeing and prophecy greater than what Yehezkel saw, and Yehezkel saw Ma'asem Merkava. So certainly there's a state of connectedness. But more than that, it's so to speak their thankfulness their gratitude, and that's the name of the of, of the game over here for me. Shirat Hayam was the state in being and time where humanity finally appreciated God's goodness to them. Shira, by definition, to sing a song in Torah in Judaism is to sing a song of gratitude, of thankfulness. This was the moment, there's other midrashic statements of the rabbis, during which the first time we finally have a song of thankfulness to God. We don't have that beforehand. If anything, we have scoffing at the goodness uh, by humanity. We have Dor Enosh, we have Dor HaPalaga. In fact, Rashi in Bereshit, Perek Yoda Aleph, when he's talking about Dor HaPalaga, and Dor HaPalaga are the ones who construct Migdal Bavel, Rashi, in a, in a famous statement for me, says, you see what they're doing? They're following in the ways of Adam HaRishon. They're Kifuye Tova. They're those who are not able to accept the goodness from God, which means to say, that God turns in our first Midrash, Kivyachol, to the angels and says, I understand your claim throughout. I understand the rotten nature of humanity, but look at the potential they have. The potential they have finishes the next Midrash for us, is to appreciate and to understand my actions, my ways with them. And that is then, in the eyes of the rabbis, what it's all about. It means we're here in this world. I mean, we're really touching on the bedrock, on the foundations of existence, of human beings, of Am Yisrael. It's about being thankful. It's about appreciating. That, in my eyes, are the words of Rashi that I love very much in source number five. The Pasuk describes how the beginning of existence of human beings, says uh, source number four first, leaving the technicalities of how Rashi gets here aside, the Pasuk describes how there hasn't yet been vegetative growth. And the Pasuk says, and there's no human beings, to toil the land. So the understanding of Rashi, based on the, on the rabbis, goes as follows. First and foremost, being mindful of the word siyah. Siyah, although over here it's referring to the growth of the fields, lots of times the word siyah in Hebrew, in, in, in Tehillim, in Torah, is, is prayerful. It's understood by the rabbis as so to speak, is making us mindful of prayer. To work the ground. We say it in Kiryat Shema every day. So this pasuk in the eyes of Rashi is pointing at prayer. What does it have to do with prayer? Says Rashi, it goes like this. Well, creation was brought forth. On day three, we have the growth in the fields. Well, then what's taking place on day six? There hasn't been rain yet, and there hasn't been growth of vegetation. I thought there was on day three of creation. Says Rashi, here's how it worked. It was there below the surface of the ground. There's the opportunity, the potential for growth of flowers, of grass, of trees, and so forth. It's waiting, it's awaiting the prayer of human beings to bring it up. 
understand the significance. A step further in the words of Rashi, in makir betovatan, there's no one to be makir tov, to have gratitude for and to appreciate the rain which will come down and, and, and nourish the ground. What Rashid describes as human beings, initial, natural state of goal, ambition, and mission is to pray, to appreciate, to realize the goodness. That's what changes nature. That's what brings the world into the state of being as we know it. It's very much in line with, in my mind, what we've been describing as the antidote to human beings' destructive nature. We're terrible. We're bad guys. The angels turn to God and say, what's the point of them? The answer is, they know how to appreciate my goodness. It's something that's not simple for us as human beings to appreciate goodness. We have this tendency to to seeing ourselves and appreciating ourselves in our good doing and seeing it as our own good doing. To be able to take a step back and to appreciate that, that's shiratayam. That's the opportunity to behold and to realize. The truth is, the Pasuk says, Bimisraim could be, either a reference to the Egyptian people, or alternatively, it's a reference to what happened in Egypt. If it's a reference to what happened in Egypt, you have to take a step back and understand what that means as well. It means in this moment, they're only now reflecting and actually having gratitude for what took place in the past. I think uh, it sounds ridiculous. It's crazy. Suffering. They had ten plagues. They had suffering, but ten plagues, a p- period of time during which God is literally shining forth to them his goodness, and they didn't fully appreciate it. Yes, it took getting out, but that's what Shiratayam is really all about. Shiratayam is the opportunity to capitalize. I've said on many occasions that I think that freedom from Egypt really began and ended with thankfulness, with gratitude. You have it with Moshe. Moshe leaves Midian, and the Pasuk goes out of its way to tell us unnecessary details, seemingly. He goes and he requests permission from his father-in-law Yitro before going into Egypt. Why is he asking permission? I mean, you're Moshe, you've been summoned by God, you're literally going to your father-in-law asking for permission? Here he is, the guy who's the alien, the stranger in another land, taken in by the Yitro. We know it from the well-known Midrashim as to why Moshe doesn't strike the Nile, how he doesn't deal with it, but rather Aharon through and through in a story which describes a nation's freedom, Am Yisrael's redemption and Geulah from Egypt, the message throughout is, can you appreciate? Are you able to appreciate others? And in turn, are you able to appreciate the other with a capital O? I've told the mashallah more than one occasion as well, because I think it's very telling. Just think for a moment. Good morning, Rick. Just think for a moment. You're sitting here. Just, you're sitting here. No one else. Uh, I, I wouldn't kick him out for you. <laughs> Maybe. Um, anyway, um, I, I'll tell you the, the, the story of, of Moshe having appreciation and hakarata tov to the Nile, to water, to inanimate objects is a little funny. And the, the mashal I've given him more than one occasion goes as follows. Imagine you're dealing with a, a hitman or a, a, a mafioso. So you're dealing with a, a guy from a young age. Let's make him Italian for argument's sake. Right? From a young age, he was saved by another person. Whatever the circumstance was, someone when he was younger saved his life. And as a result, he says, I have a vow of gratitude and appreciation to you for the rest of my life. All right, fantastic. 
20, 30 years later, he's summoned and he's now the head of the mafia and he enters into the home and here it is and he's there, he's holding the gun and he's looking, holding the barrel of the gun to the guy's face and he realizes this is the guy I have appreciation, I have gratitude for. So as a result, he realizes I have to put down the gun. But instead of putting down the gun, he said, turns to the guy next to him, to his sidekick, to Vinny, and he says, Vinny, I can't do this, you do it instead. Think about the ridiculousness of that and now understand what Moshe did. So Moshe doesn't strike it, what does he do? He takes his staff and he hands it to Aharon. It's ridiculous. That's nonsense. Ultimately speaking, the same thing's happening. Unless gratitude, especially to inanimate objects, is more a feeling and understanding. It's a characteristic. It's not per se what Moshe did. This is about engendering a state of being. What type of people are you? Who are you? Are you a person who's able to appreciate goodness in you in existence? And the truth is, it's also ridiculous for Moshe to have, ingra- have gratitude. He throws a human being to the Nile. And are you really having gratitude to an inanimate object? Unless gratitude at its core is about a characteristic. It's about in turn reflecting and inflecting, being able to appreciate then the existence of God and have gratitude for that. That's Shiratayam. That's what I think takes place over here. In truth, and I'll conclude so with this. Two minutes. I got a great. There it is. I got a great message. Fantastic. Imagine if you came 15 I, minutes I, I earlier. Was Ricky. The same thing. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Um, I, I will conclude with this, and I'll tell you at at Leil Seder we have a specific part in the Haggadah which is all about Derashot. It's all about Derashot. We go, of course, from Arami Oved Avi. Arami Oved Avi is the text the Torah tells us in Devarim Perikavav that we were to read as farmers, as agriculture culturalists, when we're living in Eretz Yisrael, we bring our new fruits to the Mikdash, and you bring it to the Mikdash, and you read this passage. What's the passage about? It's about remembering that we were slaves, and now, God, you brought us here. Those are the words we read. Two points on that. Number one, the Midrash, which Rabbi Moshe al-Sheikh in source number seven quotes, it touches on a Midrash we quoted two, three days ago, and that word at the beginning of the Torah, I remember the word Bereshit. Bereshit is a difficult word, in the beginning of Instead of reading it as in the beginning of, it's for the beginning. That's why Rashi and the Midrash read it. So for the beginning, we read from Rashi, means either for Am Yisrael, who are called the beginning, for the Torah, which is referred to as the beginning. Alternatively, says the Midrash, for Bikurim, for the first fruits, which were also known as Reshit. Says Rabbi Moshe, that's nonsense. That's very hard to understand. The world was created for Bikurim. Seriously? I'm at for Israel. Fantastic. For Torah, I couldn't find better. For Bikurim, for your first fruits? Says Rabbi Moshe al Sheikh in his book, Torah Moshe, in source number seven. He says, What is Bikurim at its core? It's that I've grown these fruits in my field and I'm now bringing it to God with gratitude. I've come to you, God, and as a result, I'm placing these fruits and thankful. I have gratitude for what you did to my people, what you did to me, the way in which you've affected my life. That's why the world was created, says Rabbi Moshe al-Sheikh, to the extent that Rashi, in his commentary to the Torah, on that pasuk, ve'amarta elav. This is by the Bikurim, right before you say Arami Ovedavi. That's the pasuk Gimal. It says, ve'anita ve'amarta, lefnei Adonai Elohecha, Arami Ovedavi, vayerim Mitzrayim, and so on and so forth. What's ve'amarta elav? Says Rashi, she'encha kefui tova, that you don't scoff at the goodness, which, and ultimately speaking, what are we referring to in Bikurim? Yesiyam Israim. It makes its way back to the first time at which we as a people 
we as human beings were able to actually have shira, shira being gratitude, halel, hoda'ah, the ability to be thankful, to realize, to have a certain consciousness and sensitivity to the life that we have, and to be able to reflect and say, this is something which is special, which is something that was given to me as a blessing from God. I bring it full circle to the first Midrash we began with, and the second as well, because they really got coupled together. God turns to the ministering angels and he says to them, I'll tell you why I created human beings. I know it didn't look right. I know it usually doesn't look right, but there are moments in time during which they prove to me and to you that this was worth it. What are those moments? Shiratayam moments, moments of gratitude. We all have the opportunity in our own lives to take those moments those seconds, those days in which we can step back and appreciate what we have. The seventh day of Pesach is our opportunity to do so, our opportunity to feel the responsibility to have that gratitude, feel that hakarat. Amen. 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 Amen.